You're listening to The Mixtape Project. I'm Pete. And I'm Yaka. And together we write and produce songs over at PXY Music. The Mixtape Project is where we share the music that shapes us, giving you a dose of that music-human connection we're all searching for. Welcome back to the last episode of this season. We made it to... Four. We, we, I don't know why I chose 14. I'm a bit obsessed with the number 7, so most of what I do is, is a multiple of 7 if you... Uh, are into numbers like I am but yeah 14 I'm drinking to that Yaka well oh nice yeah I'm sipping on some water as a congratulation some water um to making <laughs> us to to that landmark we mean me and Pete have been a little ill but you know it's always going to be a, a bit of a slog to get to the end of the season ain't that right Pete well we're not we're not known for finishing things mm-hmm. if you followed some of the narrative around yakka's album projects <laughs> and i mean i just have a laptop full of unfinished projects yeah. so Un- untitled yeah. one untitled two thing one thing two test what testing <laughs> takes me to another point we're on episode 14 i only have 12 episodes mm. or record by recordings saved on my laptop so at some point i must have either saved them in a different folder or called them something else <laughs> it's, the, it's the typical creator's curse isn't it well yeah, archiving not a strong suit, perhaps. No, 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 no. When you do music, so how, uh, yeah. Pete? I wanted to ask you a question right at the top of this episode. Yeah, okay. Uh, how have you found the season, based on you know your expectations? Because this started off um, right at the beginning. Me and Pete were just putting in a Zoom call through lockdown to just catch up and listen to some music and stuff. And then I think we we played a song. Oh, we played a couple of songs. I don't know. We started talking about it. And we were like, you know, should we should we do this again, but record it? Um, we didn't do the same songs, yeah. but yeah, it was kind of spontaneous. I think you'd had this idea before, though. You know, um, maybe. Oh no, no, I hadn't. I, I, I think. I mean, I was living at my parents, and I was like, kind of in between things. So it was. I wanted to do something in music, but I couldn't really do too much because. You know, the world was going through lockdown and I I didn't have any space to kind of get instruments out. I remember trying to do a few things and it would take so much effort just to get everything out and put it back away again. You know, if you don't have the space, um, you can't really do too much. So this felt like something oh, I can set up in my mom's office and Skype Yakka or whatever and we can we can do this. And I, I'm a big fan of mixtapes. Um, I do my own stuff Um like my own kind of mixes and I make artwork for them. I'm a bit obsessed. I love a mixtape because I love a narrative and I love music as being part of the narrative. And I do feel like, you know, not to get too doomer, but we are losing that, that aspect of collections of songs. And that's something I really love. So, and I knew you would have really interesting stuff because we've always had really good music conversations. And I don't know, I thought it might be interesting just to see how we process music differently. And, and yeah, and the stories, I know there's lots of stories. Music runs deep for us. You know, it's not like, oh, I heard that. I like it. It's pretty good. You know, it's like, now nah, we've, we've unpacked some interesting, I like, that's what I like about the season is there's just some great stories, recurring dreams. I mean, so many different things. I love that. Uh, and that's what it's about me really for me. Cause uh, music is, it's life, you know, it's, it's, it's good. I'm not going to get too philosophical, but yeah, it's been a really good, really interesting season. And, and I've discovered some amazing music that I, you know, I wouldn't know about, um, there's people it's always encouraging i think hearing people doing cool mm. things nice what about you uh yeah i think yeah it was it was just like a fun idea you know 
to begin with. It's remained fun. That makes it sound like it's <laughs> it was fun to begin with and, and you know wasn't continuing. But no, it's been it's been really good, not just through lockdown, but I don't know, it's just really good to to talk with about something you're passionate about, you know, with someone who's as passionate uh, as you are. Uh but particularly doing it for actually a purpose, you know. It's 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 really yeah. cool. So uh, and I I'd kind of I love the idea of uh having things on the internet, you know, forever. Just, you know, nothing too personal. Ooh. Um you know, I like the idea of listening to this, you know, 20, 30 years from now. My kids listen to it or whatever. Uh I think it's cool. You know, I like I like documenting things like that and being able to go back. So yeah, I think that's mm. cool and I've had some really good conversations with uh, my family and friends who've listened to this podcast. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's just been really nice. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to this one because obviously we wanted to do something a little, little different for our grand finale. Um, and we had all sorts of ideas. We almost started a radio show for about 10 minutes and then realized that was, a, that was a, yeah. just not going to happen. We should be given a radio yeah. show, though. If anyone has energy to do that, petition us to get our Perhaps own radio That'd be show. incredible, wouldn't it? Oh, can you imagine? That'd be a lot. I'd want like a really odd hour. I'd want like oh, midnight yeah. to one a.m. Yeah, just like really build like a or like a really early, like you know, the four a.m. to five. Mm-hmm. We're up with the truckers. We're helping helping them get there. That'd, that'd be, be awesome. And we'd have your keys just there for you to just sweep some lovely little jazzy cards. Oh, yeah. In and out of conversation. Oh, yeah, we're not relying on samples. No, no, no. Yeah, we're, we're doing it all ourselves. No, It'd be no. amazing. Finally, we came up with the idea of um, doing our uh, Infinity mixtape, but with a, a random word generator website that we'd found. So effectively, what will happen is when it's my turn, Pete will press a button. You'll hit... <laughs> <laughs> so it's not really an infinity mixtape at all we've just given the power to a machine <laughs> probably the thing that we've been shouting about It'll not do. doing for the entire season um but oh. yeah pete or i will press a button pete's gonna insert some funky little tune <laughs> not that one and uh maybe it will be <laughs> you never know put some reverb on it and then um <laughs> And then the other person, yeah, we get the word and we have to just come up with a song choice. Um, I think you should just get get right on in there. Generate that random word. Okay. And here we go. (laughs) And the random word, Pete, is late. (laughs) That's an easy start. That's an easy start. He's got one. I mean, you've already, you've had plenty of time. What? This is yours, mate. Oh, this yeah, is mine. To do the generator, I spun the I spun the wheel. There is no wheel, ladies and gentlemen. But I spun the wheel, got the word, and I present it to you. Oh. Um Okay, well I'm going to pick Late by Kanye West from the nice. album Late Registration, released in two thousand and five. It's a fairly Yay. obvious connection. We got there in the end. Sorry for my slowness to pick up on who got to go when. I thought I challenged Yaka to go first, but whatever. I had a, I had an easy one for late. That was a good. That was a good one for me. That was easy. Um, 
Yeah, just the first thing that came into my mind when it when it first came up. And what's cool about this song is the 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 phrase that's sampled. It's a song by the Whatnots, and um, the song is "I'll erase your pain," and that's oh, the actual cool. chorus of the song. I'll erase your pain, and he's twisted it and he makes it in your mind think that it's "I'll be late," you know, "I'll be late for that," or. And it's because, I don't know, something about the psychology and the way that he sampled it and sped it up, that kind of chipmunky style that you you come to believe that it is, you know, I'll be late for that. So interesting. And I love the the production still holds up. This is the old Kanye, as he himself would say. This is the old stuff that a lot of his fans still love after his more experimental albums of recent. But um, yeah, it's a classic. I remember listening to this as a teenager i guess it would have been 15 and yeah it just hit all the right spots and it was just interesting these there were some really interesting albums coming out then in pop where people were trying to do some really interesting stuff um i love the production the mixing of um the the sample and also those electric keys which are really cool i can't find who did that it feels so live doesn't it those keys yeah i mean it feels just like it really and it's mixed beautifully yeah. yeah it's mixed beautifully it's just mixed really well like because sometimes it's i'll tell you this it's really hard to when you sample something it's really hard to then add to it often because just the way it was all produced it just doesn't lend itself to that but yeah really cool that he was able i mean if anyone can do it it would be kanye yeah. and i think a bit of the background he worked with this guy a film composer called john bryan which is an interesting never produced hip-hop before so it was a really interesting combination and i think um i really like that 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 when those interesting combinations create new music so i thought that was um yeah really cool uh some really play i mean classic kanye lyrics in there like playing wordplay a bit cheeky a bit i mean what's the one i like them eskimos what would you do for a klondike or two dykes that look Christina Milian like. I mean, and then shortly after so, that, I was like, I can't think of a line to rhyme with that or something. It just made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. There's a playfulness there that, yeah. Old Kanye probably would have got cancelled. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, maybe new Kanye is cancelled as well. I can't keep up these I, days, I but, think he's um, fine now. Yeah, did. Now we, after, after, after he tried running for president. It's a little surprising, but yeah, great. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, yeah, I, I often, I often do enjoy a good Kanye meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I missed all this stuff, really, because you know, at fifteen, I just wasn't interested. Much I'm older than you, so what, seventeen or something? I just wasn't interested in listening to anything like yeah, this. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I feel we're, like... We're in different places at this time. I'm in, like, cent- central yeah. London. <laughs> You're in York. Different <laughs> music scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, once I met my wife, like she just started introducing me to loads. Well, you'd introduce me to loads of stuff anyways before, but yeah, that's when we started listening to like Ice Cube and stuff when I <laughs> and I kind of started to appreciate it a little bit more once I got out of my weird little phases. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought the sample was awesome. I thought the keys yeah. just sounded so It holds beautiful. up. Holds and like up. with that, yeah, with that high pitched, like the chipmunk vocal, and the, those really soft keys, like just they complement each other so well. There's like, yeah, it's a beautiful tone to those keys. Just they're so soft, really, really nice, like loungy, very cool. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, brilliant. Like, I find that I, most stuff of Kanye's that I hear, I enjoy, even when I don't want to enjoy it. Hmm. Um, I listened to the sun, last full album I listened to was the Sunday Service. I think it's called Sunday Service album. And um, yeah, I listened to it at front to back and I was like, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I never want to hear that ever again. <laughs> the trauma the trauma was too real for me. <laughs> like I couldn't, I just couldn't listen to it again. Oh, the religious um, stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, that's a really powerful album. Mm-hmm. And then um, checking out some of the, like, yeah, my wife played me one of his new singles as well. I can't remember what it's called, but again, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. He just taps into something. Isn't like he really does. Like yeah. Wash Us in the Blood was one of my favorite records of this last year. Cause it just captured the madness and the anger and the I, I was just like, this this is the song of the moment. It just gave me shivers. The first time I heard it, I was like, this is this is it. This is the thing. I don't know, you've tapped into something that is like yeah. so real. And the video was mad. It was terrifying. But I was like, I love this. Is he, is he a genius, Pete? Yes, but yeah, I'm not. I don't use that word to mean like you can get away with anything. It doesn't mean you're, a, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I do think he's musically incredible, and I think artistically, there's those pictures of his early artworks, and I think he is an incredibly creative person. And um, yeah, I think his ideas are just. But but I'm also very like. When I use the term genius, which I don't use very often, I mean, I really, I don't think he's like transcendent. He's just a guy mm-hmm. with great ideas who's had the opportunity to pursue those ideas and has had success. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that's great. But I think there's yeah. lots of people like I, that. I, I think there's lots of people like that, but we will never know them because they didn't get the opportunities. All it takes is someone to just dismiss your first mixtape and we've got no Kanye West. And there's a hundred yeah. million of those, but there's a lot of those people. So I think I, I'm no, not trying to like, like, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to situate yeah, yeah. that term. It's a bit of a loaded term. I think like, um, because of his tenacity and like all his charisma, you know, it probably helped, helped him break through, you know, and get noticed more so than other people, you know, but, um, I think he jumped on a table somewhere first time Jay-Z met him and shouted like I'm the saviour of Brooklyn rap or something is that, maybe he's not from Brooklyn I don't know but he shouted something like that and um, I've heard all sorts of stories about him you know just sneaking yeah, into yeah I think Dave Chappelle just ending up backstage at shows that, yeah I love that one <laughs> is he where he's like he's on the phone and he's like because I do because my life's dope and I do dope stuff <laughs> just dope yeah, but not stuff okay we've, we've talked a lot about Yay there sorry um, but yeah, anyways, thoroughly enjoyed that song. That was very cool. Beautiful. Let me generate that word. Ooh, dismiss. Dismiss. Yeah. Ooh. Dismiss. This, the next song for dismiss, uh, or the first song for dismiss, is Daryl Hall and John Oates. I can't go for that. Um, so, yeah, the pick, uh, that was... Um, I Can't Go For That by Hall Oates from the album Private Eyes, released in 1981. Yeah, so, I mean, I just absolutely love this song. Like, it's just so, it feels so good. It's, like, really simple. There's nothing really complex going on. Like, even, like, the opening kind of, like, guitar lick that kind of comes in and the keys and stuff. Like, 
yeah, it's not overly complex. It just like hits like all the right moments, you know, it hits in all the right places. Um, the drums, I always find like really interested in this song. I expect the intro to kind of be those drums and then it kind of sits into like a, you know, like a full kit, but this is the eighties, you know, and mm. they've got that kind of sound. Like I'm thinking back to some of the podcasts that we've done when we talked about Prince. Yeah. This isn't necessarily like what Prince would do with like, maybe like all the kind of reverb and delay or whatever. Yeah that we've heard in like some other stuff that he does or whatever effects he puts on there. But it kind of has like a, a similar type of sound, but you do hear it a lot through this decade. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy it. Like uh, I've, pl- I've played this song live a couple of times yep. and um, I have a really funny experience with it because in the chorus, you know, it goes like, I can't, it's like, I can't go for that. No, no, no can do. <laughs> I can't go for that. no. No ca- and then the no can do, it doesn't come in on like the the same like beat as the other ones, and I never could hit it. So like as a typical as a typical guitarist who also had the power of singing in this band, I was like, <laughs> no, everyone, <laughs> you do it on the same beat every single time. <laughs> Bend to my will. Um, so yes, <laughs> oh brother, oh brother, yes, <laughs> not together anymore. Wonder why. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. And also, like, shout out if you've ever seen Modern Family um, and you're familiar with Phil from Modern Family, um, him singing this in the car just creases me every time I see it. So, yeah, uh, I know you're familiar with this track, Pete. You love it. (laughs) I love that track. It really shocked me. I don't know, because it's such a classic. You think you've heard it. And I was listening to the production. I was like, there's really not a lot going on here. Did I just like subconsciously mm. add like loads of guitars <laughs> and synths and stuff? Like 90% of the time, it's it's really interesting. It's just like drums, keys, and then maybe one other instrument. Do you know what I mean? Like those electric guitars do those little yeah. licks. And then, but as soon as the saxophone solo comes in, it's like, okay, get rid of the guitar. You know, it's like we can yeah. only have five elements in the mix at any time. <laughs> and... um I'm going to mention it because now if you listen to the song, listen out for the shaker. Because once you listen out for it, you'll never be able to like forget the, the shaker's great. I haven't, know, I haven't noticed it yet. So yeah, listen to it again. The shaker. <laughs> One thing that I think really carries that song, and it's obviously like them drums are almost just on loop through the whole thing. But in, in, the, verse, um, in the verses, you've just got that little rhythm change where it's like bump, bump, bump. And the keys and the drums are just kind of doing whatever. The drums might not change. It might just be my imagination because of the keys. But um, yeah, you're right. It's like drums, keys, and vocals for that whole verse. But just that kind of rhythm change just adds loads to that verse. You know, stops it from being like too repetitive or whatever. But love it. Oh yeah, dismiss, dismiss. Can't go for that. Yeah, I get it. No, it's good. Good link. Like it. Good. Hit me with your next. Disagree. All right. All right. I think I got one. I am going to go with an artist called ZZ Hill. And the song is That Ain't the Way You Make Love. And it's from. I only know it because of a compilation album which is the Complete Hill Records, 1972 to 1975. So it's from sometime between 72 and 75. But here 
is the track and the connection is it's a disagreement about how you make love it's a very serious disagreement doing it all wrong <laughs> um, i'd love to know the background behind this song what was the story behind that um we can only imagine uh I'm using the american pronunciation of zz hill um it would sound weird like zz hill i feel um but he was born in Texas and started singing in the late 1950s. Here's a fun fact for you. So he took his stage name as an emulation of B.B. King. And then ZZ Top had a bunch of posters in their room where they were rehearsing. And they noticed that a lot of bands had like initials in their name, like B.B. King and ZZ Top. And so, I mean, and Z and... Uh, ZZ Hill and so they're like hey we'll be ZZ Top so strange connection there but anyway um, I love that song man don't it feel good I first heard that through a sample because um, the album Mad Villainy has a song called Fancy Clown producer Madlib sampled this and I, I scoped it out because it's such a great sample and I really love the song um, soulful, funky it's it's great, bluesy I love it. Mm. Not much to say, really. Just got to listen to it and enjoy it. Yeah, it's a fantastic song. I, I really enjoy I was listening to it. I was like, surely this has to be sampled because it's so good. Um, yeah, just all, all the way through it. Like, right at first, I was hearing the guitar and I was like, is that a guitar or is that a piano? And I was like trying to work out exactly what was going on. And I think like the guitar and the keys were like doing something really similar. And then the guitar would kind of break out every so often and come back. But yeah, I'd love to hear that isolated because both it sounded fantastic. Anyway, it was just on with that kind of rhythm that the keys and the guitar were, you know, giving throughout the whole thing. But um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. The bass was going like, just had some really unusual choices at certain parts of the song. Um, hmm. yeah, I love it when people take some like a, a really simple kind of ballad or whatever and just like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna make this really interesting, you know, down to the artist. But yeah. Really enjoyed it. I mean, if someone came out with a song like this now, like it would be a meme. <laughs> like you just couldn't release a song like about you doing love wrong without it. Just the internet. Just I don't think you could get away with anyone taking it seriously. But uh, <laughs> yeah, really enjoyed that artwork. Got a shout out the artwork. It's like a caricature. It's like he's gone down to a seaside front somewhere and like you just sketch some up, will you? It's gonna be my album cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Awesome choice. Oh, yeah, I've got to do the... Oh, I forget that I've got to generate the word. God, I asked him to do it twice. By clicking a button. Merit. Merit. I feel like we should have added like an extra element to the game, which is like you get one swapsies. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Where you're like, if you don't like it, you can just give it to someone else. Here we go. This is School by Nirvana. Okay, so yes, that was School by Nirvana from the album Bleach, from, uh, released in 1989. Yes, wow. 1989. Um, yeah, I, I've, I'm not a massive fan of Nirvana, but I've got kind of Nirvana on, on my head at the moment because I've been watching a lot of Dave Grohl stuff. So he's recently done like huh. a, a, a live show where he kind of talks about his career, plays drums, and... Um, all sorts of things. So he talks about Nirvana um, and talks about kind of where like the power of his drumming comes from. And he, he talks about like 
as a child, he would have two drumsticks and just learn to drum on pillows, <laughs> you know, just like hitting the pillows as hard as he could. Um, but I love like the drums in that song. They're like front and center in the mix. And I think they sound awesome. Like the snare is like, is really, really powerful, but it's like, I, don't, I, 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 I can't quite describe it, but the kit just sounds so well recorded to me, like and right in the center of the mix and so powerful. But I love this as well because unlike other kind of Nirvana tracks, for me, like, yes, it's really heavy and there's that, you know, like whole grunge kind of attitude and stuff, but there is like some really nice melody to it as well. Like when he goes to get like, the chorus and the high bits um, and like, it's kind of, it's kind of Rage Against the Machine-ish in a sense, like with the riff. And I also, mm. kind of, it kind of reminds me of Soundgarden a little bit. So yeah, all sorts of things. But the uh, the link for me was because I was thinking merit, merit, merit. Oh, I used to get merits in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I don't know if that was a, is that a UK thing or a Yorkshire thing or whatever, but yeah, basically, yeah, you'd, oh, uh, if no, you yeah. did well at a piece of work or had a good attitude, you'd get a little merit in your uh, journal or something. Um, yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, another mm. little fun fact I found out, which I'll make really quick. Everyone's familiar with Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, and there's an interview of Dave Grohl talking with uh, Pharrell Williams about how he came up with that opening drum bit. Yeah, he said he got that from the Gap Band. From the song Burn Rubber on Me. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but when you mm-hmm. hear it, it's just like, oh, there's that like big famous grunge opening fill. And it's just lifted from Gap Band and Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm tossing it over to you. Oh yeah, I enjoyed uh, enjoyed that. I don't really Bleach is their first album, isn't it? And it's like the yeah. one you forget because of all the other ones. But um it uh oh man, it's kind of dark that first album i don't i don't know bleach as well as the other stuff i grew up with this music in the village that i lived in for maybe four or five years and um it was just all about grunge and rock and we even had groups you know you were a grunger or a townie isn't that weird to think like that was and townies wore like tracksuits and, and tr- sneakers and stuff and grungers skateboarded and wore baggy jeans you know and it was weird and it, it, it's so hard to relate this to modern day because i know there's tribes again i know they're coming back but it was so deeply embedded like there were two schools you could go to one was the grunger school and the other one was the townie school that's crazy to be split in schools like that right and mm. i went to the grunge you just school. became you just became that group yeah, it yeah, was weird, mad. man. Yeah, it was weird. If you weren't into like, I don't know, like R&B and, um, you know, and tracksuits and you were a grunge, you just had to get on board with Nirvana because you had no other hope. <laughs> so, Not um, many other options. Yeah. So it yeah, for anyone weird. that's familiar with the word, with the word chav, I think townie became morphed into chav. Ah, like, yeah. Um, yes. And then I think um, grunge is kind of a stoners really or whatever. Yeah, equivalent. skaters perhaps yeah skaters skaters that was a a group wasn't it i was just a library kid who was just kind of friends with everyone (laughs) um oh yeah met uh, above above the madness yeah rise i dip my toe in and then just back out when things get too crazy (laughs) um but yeah cool yeah not much to say hey 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 hit me hit me with a word keep it rolling myth all right 
managed to I managed to sneak in some sun ra. Oh dear! Through myth, which is always oh, which was always my plan from the let beginning. Let me apologise um, ahead of time, gonna, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to listen to the song "Door of the Cosmos." Oh, is it not even on Spotify? It's from the album <laughs> "Sleeping Beauty." <laughs> All right, so um, that was "Door of the Cosmos" from. The album Sleeping Beauty that was recorded in 1979 by Sumra and his Intergalactic Myth Science Solar Orchestra. Uh, Sumra had a band called nice. The Orchestra, which is a play on orchestra and arc because uh, Sumra believed that music took you places and that his band was like the ark from the Bible, Noah and the ark, and it was a protective device, specifically in his case for black people uh, in America and that music was a protective force. I did a master's on Sun Ra, so to say I'm a big fan, I guess, is um, a little bit of an understatement because I've devoted a long, a lot of time to his work. I love Sun Ra, I love everything um, that he did. And he's a very deeply philosophical musician. He developed his own well, yeah, he developed his own myths and his own um, philosophy behind music and history. So one of the things that to draw out about the myth is like, I think in Samra's case, history was something that was that was done to people often at the hands of, of white colonists. And myth was something that he could use to kind of counteract those narratives, if that makes sense. And so myth takes a really big role in his work and his ideas. Um, and he like embraces that, like, I can be a myth. Uh, whereas, you know, the oppressor can only ever have the history. That's They get the history, but I get the myth. And I kind of, I, I love that as, a, as an idea. So that's why I had to do a Samurai track for myth. Samurai is known for his very sprawling genres this is a great track because it shows you all i think so many of the different influences there's a bit of funk there's a bit of the classic big band jazz that he grew up playing um a bit of the free jazz stuff that's coming in a bit of psychedelic stuff i mean it's crazy and also you know again people can't really appreciate this is all live this is just being recorded this is a group who came together memorized the music and jammed it out and it sounds this good and i mean i would love to have heard it live because i think you really get the feel but it's incredible what there's so many instruments in there you know i couldn't reel them all off there's so much going on but it's a cool track i think it's one of his more popular ones because it is quite accessible uh because yakko was a bit afraid there for a second to think i've definitely played him some howling <laughs> saxophones back in the day i know i was like hang on a second like i really friggin i really mm. enjoyed that and i remember back in the day i'd listen to sunrise with you and i'd be like yeah yeah it's great pete <laughs> Yeah, yeah fantastic yeah no i was just i just could never quite get into it but that was yeah awesome like i've been looking at um um oh uh, like uh, what is it like deprivation tanks um uh, sensory like deprivation tanks where you basically yeah. go in a pod of water uh, with a particular song <laughs> and you just float and like it you know it's completely dark and silent and i've always thought like oh wouldn't it be amazing to go in there and listen to an album you know, being there for like 15 minutes and just be completely whatever and then slowly like an album comes on and what would you pick? Man, if I could finish with that, like that's like a, 
man, it's like you're just flying through space with that thing. That's that's got to be what DMT feels like or something. Like yeah, just yeah, just I was just following the drums and just all these instruments coming from mm. every angle. Like and I couldn't kind of formulate a time to it, you know, it was just kind of it was all like it was all just like a, a puzzle that was together and just come apart, you know. Um it kind of remind well, one I heard a lot of like Kamazi yeah. Washington in there. Yeah. But that's just that's like me as as not really being that into the genre. But I was like, man, what does this remind me of? And you know, I think listening to like is it Street Fighter Mass? Is that Street Fighter Mass? Um I can't remember. I was listening, like, been listening to some Kamazi Washington albums, and I was like, "Yeah, this really, this sounds like this could be coming out now. Sounds amazing." And also, like, I felt um, I could. It was kind of reminding me of Astral Weeks as yeah, well, yeah, the Van Morrison yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, this is crazy, <laughs> like, but yeah, and I, I thought I heard an actual bass guitar and like a double bass in there or yeah, something. Yeah, he often like, was kind of a plucking. Yeah, and he, stuff. he yeah. was quite pioneering with having two basses a lot of the time. Very cool, yeah. and I got a shout out to that uh, the guitar that comes in, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like it's, it it stands out to me because it's like that's what I would do in that setting. Yeah. I would go straight to like a pentatonic scale, <laughs> and put a bit of distortion on, and like this doesn't sound right, but this guy's probably into it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I bring to the table. <laughs> I, this um, is all I have <laughs> to end. I want to quote from his movie "Space Is the Place." He made a movie. It's crazy. It's bizarre. Um, so he kind of lands in Oakland from his spaceship, obviously. And he's in his this amazing, like, Afrofuturist stuff. And the kids, to be fair, are kind of like, uh, uh-huh, what? And um, he does this great speech where he's like, how do you know I'm real? I'm not real. I'm just like you. You don't exist in this society. If you did, people would be, wouldn't have to be seeking equal rights. You're not real. If you were, you'd have some status among the nations of the world. So we're both myths. And I love that. So, and he says, I don't know, I do not come to you as a reality. I come to you as a myth. So I think that kind of encapsulates Samra, one of Samra's nice. philosophies and my connection to myth. Very cool. I'm going to be listening to that. I really enjoyed that. Oh, let me get you a word. Functional. <laughs> You've got functional. <laughs> Functional. What what a choice after what we just listened to. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I've got one. I've got one. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, this is C6 Steve, Doghouse Boogie. Okay, so my pick is Doghouse Boogie by C6 Steve from the album Doghouse Music. No cuts. It's not It's not C6 Steve. It's c sick steve uh, that was released in 2006 so uh that's the yeah functional was what i got i thought functional practical i thought here's a guy who knows what he's doing he ain't messing around with no tour buses he ain't messing around with all that stuff it's just him his guitar called the uh he calls it the uh, three string trans wonder and his mississippi drum machine which is effectively a box with a microphone in it for him to stomp on uh, so yeah, I first saw him perform on a, a New Year's Eve uh, Jules Holland episode. I just did a quick Google. It's two thousand six, and he plays this song. It's the first one I heard. Um, yeah, and he's just he just 
captures the whole audience as soon as he starts. He's just right in the middle. So he's not actually like on the stage, as you might see, if you're familiar with the Jules Holm show. Uh, he's just in the middle for like a little few minutes and he's just stomping on his little wooden box. And his, yeah, he only has like three strings on his guitar, I think. And wow. Yeah, he just it and he he just delivers it so well. Uh, yeah, he's had a he's had a kind of a weird life. Like he's done a lot of music in his early life, um, supporting some kind of bigger acts. Um, he's he was like a bass player in like an Indian in like an Indian fusion rock band, really usual. And then he ended up becoming a paramedic, <laughs> and then um, this was kind of his last kind of yeah, just like throw the dice, you know, with music and. He's doing pretty well. Like he's uh, he's released like a string of albums. Yeah, and there's like he's done some performances with Jack White on drums and John Paul Jones on bass. So oh, I can see that. Yeah. Whoa, oh, it's so good. Uh, but yeah, practical. <laughs> you don't have to carry much equipment, and he's yeah, you get it. <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's kind of like brutally simple, isn't it? <laughs> right there in your face. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I hadn't heard that. I knew about. C60 because um, you kind of yeah he rolled the dice and uh, this last one just really hit the hit the money yeah I love there's a line in there where he's like you know I'd always put my hat out for some spare change and that's all I'm doing right now I'm putting my hat out with this album I'm putting my hat out there for your spare change that's great <laughs> very cool nice choice let's uh, let's roll the di- let's roll our own dice let's roll our own dice and we get <laughs> need <laughs> do you have a need mm. Pete you need a song that's what you need <laughs> uh, I've got a swap <laughs> so I could always do a switch oh, you, <laughs> are you doing a swap suit? does that mean I need to, I need I, to get it yeah I think I will I'm going to use it uh, so I'm going to do the next you, one so I'll press it again yeah card card I actually think this is a good one okay this song is called House of Cards by Radiohead. Okay, so my pick for cards is House of Cards by Radiohead from the album In Rainbows, which was released in 2007. Um, the yeah, the reason for the choice is simple. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love this song. Mm. Love it. Um, I've This was something I would play a lot on like... Um, acoustic gigs and all that type of stuff like i was just so in love with this song like um yeah i'm not gonna go into radio too much because if you listen to this podcast you know how i really <laughs> love them um but yeah some really cool bits about that like um there's a lot of delay at work in that song like when they're performing that live um there's tom york um guy who's singing and he's doing some um He's, I think he's got like his acoustic and he's kind of strumming and slapping the strings. Um, there's a second guitar player who's just doing like percussive stuff with delay and kind of with the delay, you can like hit um, a note with like a, a delay pedal and you can like turn the feedback and the time around and you can get really crazy kind of noises and that's what's going on here. The most interesting thing is the third guitar, um, which... Um, in this uh, I'm talking about now is Johnny Greenwood um, there's loads of parts in there where you hear a noise coming in like and almost sounds kind of like a violin but really electronic what that is is that's his guitar loads of delay on and he's using a two pence coin 
um, if, if, if you're not familiar with the two pence coin, it's got um, like a really textured edge. And um, he just really quickly rubs it across a string. And he doesn't fret anywhere on the guitar. He leaves his left hand, you know, out of the equation. And he just moves the coin kind of up the string, kind of almost reducing the size of the string, in a sense, to, to get the pitch um, with loads of delay and his signal really boosted. Um, yeah, to watch him do that live, like it's really, really interesting mm. and really cool. Um, so, and it's it is an unusual sound that you probably could replicate with like a synthesizer, synths and pads, and and making some you know, digital effects, um, whatever. But yeah, to see him kind of recreate that live with his guitar is really cool. Yeah, it's a that's a beautiful track. It's almost like sound design, really, like all the different sounds. I love that just repeated riff on the guitar. It just it holds it together. And I think it's important that it was all done on guitars because it almost feels like getting back to their roots as a as a rock group mm. rather than... Oh, yeah, you know. this album is, is, is really, it really is that. They really are getting back to the roots. I love that. Uh, Johnny Greenwood, pick up a guitar once in a while, please, because so <laughs> I miss it. Um but yeah, fantastic album, another song. Yeah, great choice. Love that one. All right, the pressure's on. I can't avoid it anymore. <laughs> oh no, Pete. Product. Product? <laughs> this is all product. product. What is a record? It's a product. <laughs> it could be anything. Um, <laughs> I've definitely got, I've got one. It's going to be... It's going to be an interesting. <laughs> let me let me just check. I'm getting the right one. Let me check. Okay, I followed yeah. ZZ Hill with Nirvana. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so I'm picking, and I will explain this a little bit. I am picking "Adventures in Green Foot Printing" by the artist James Ferraro from his album "Farside Virtual" from 2011. <laughs> James Ferraro, love him. Um, James Farrow is an experimental musician, producer, composer, conceptual artist. I feel like he wears a lot of hats. Um, I love Ferraro. <laughs> he's he's uh, someone I followed for a long time, vaguely associated with that vaporwave movement that we've mentioned in previous podcasts. But what's the connection? It just all of his stuff. It speaks so well to like I feel like our consumer society if to use a, a bit of a term there but like i don't know it sounds like buying stuff to me you know <laughs> what i mean like it sounds like those 90s malls yeah, or like i don't know like buy mode in sims <laughs> like it just feels yes. like he's just found all of these really produced sounds and put them together and reworked mm. them to make music and I mean, some people will hate this and some people will think it's genius and some people will just be like, what on earth is this? But I, I think he's genius. I've used that term a couple of times now and I, um, yeah, I just love it. I think I love some of the, the stories behind this album. Originally, he wanted to release the 16 compositions as a set of downloadable ringtones. Um, I think you can kind of tell there's this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you could just download it. You'd have to pay to download it. Um, for those of you who remember custom ringtones which isn't everybody um so and so what was his i think i found his yeah this was his um the words to accompany his album 
Farsight virtual mainly designates a space in society or a mode of behaving. All of these things are operating in synchronicity, like ringtones, flat screens, theater, cuisine, fashion, sushi. <laughs> sushi. I don't want to call it virtual reality, so I call it Farsight virtual. Um, he says, if you really want to understand this album, go listen to Claude Debussy, then go get, go get some Froyo, then go to an Apple store and just fool around, hang out in there. <laughs> And then afterwards, go to Starbucks and get a gift card. They have a book there on the history of Starbucks. Buy this book and go home. <laughs> if you do all these things, you'll understand what Farside Virtual is because people kind of live in it already. And that's but what Ferraro does is he takes, he takes some themes that are in the present and just goes off and like makes them like their own world. And I, I think that's so cool. I love that. Like he'll take something like sushi and make a bunch of songs about you know high-end sushi and, and what that represents in in modern society anyway it's conceptual and that is a weird track to end with but uh it has a soft i have a very soft place in my heart dude for this you, stuff. you you need it and um i mean then oh sorry i was just gonna say you need a little round of applause yeah. for pulling that one out of the bag at the end that was a that was good hey. well played well played sir do you get the connections? Yeah, oh yeah, abs- yeah absolutely yeah i get the connections with what you read out but also talking about like the um the Sims <laughs> buying kind of song. I can imagine like some VHS footage of some, yeah, from the nineties with people with giant smiles on the faces in a shopping mall. Like don't take away our products. We love our products. Um, yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, uh, I had no right to love that as much <laughs> as I did, but I was enjoying it and never wanted it to end. Um, and it reminds me of, um being in a being in a band and you know you're just jamming something as a band and you're like you know we need a we need a hook we need look to the guitar player or the keyboard player in this instance like can you give have you got something and they land on a a lick <laughs> a riff a lick and everyone else in the band wants them to go away from it but that person they think they think they found some it and they ain't quitting on it <laughs> oh yes uh. <laughs> but the thing is it's like a bit like that moment there's something yes. so comforting about those sounds yeah. isn't it it's like you just want to wrap up in it but ah yes there's nothing wrong in the world <laughs> we've got sushi and starbucks uh, brilliant yeah but that was a lot of fun thanks for that yaka and thank you for four, 14 episodes 14 episodes and no and zero <laughs> albums <laughs> but that's going to change soon oh, it's going to change that's uh yes Ouch. Yes, we will be re- releasing that album before Christmas. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for the Christmas release. 14 episodes and an album. That's an achievement. <laughs> if we get to the album. 14 episodes um, and an album. Yeah. And uh, hopefully more than 14 <laughs> listeners eventually. But we we would, we would love that. Listeners, but we've streams. No, no, no. <laughs> Gotta be listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mixtape Project. Check out the show notes for each episode at pxymusic.com, where you can also find the music that made it into this mixtape. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word. Subscribe, tell a friend. We'll see you next time. <laughs>